Welcome to the Peace Church Life Group Leaders Podcast. As a church, we've been called to help everyday people experience life change through Christ-centered relationships. And life groups play a crucial role in that mission. This podcast is a resource to help equip you as you seek to lead your life group well. I'm your host, Drew Hill, and I'm with Aaron Pierce, our multiplication pastor and leader of our life group ministry. Welcome back to the Life Group Leaders Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. Um, It's a very important one, and I'm excited to talk about it. So um, today we're actually going to be talking about characteristics of an effective life group leader. And it's important that we do that because um, as a life group leader myself, I need to know, um, I need to have a model of, am I being an effective life group leader? And so we want to have leaders who are intentional and leading in a certain way so that we can be effective with our life group. So with that in mind, Aaron, can you walk us through what are the characteristics of a healthy life group leader? All right, so don't hit the floor when I say this, but we've got seven, all right? <laughs> we're going to do this in under 15 minutes, no fear, all right? We'll see. So we're, we're just hit the ground running. Uh, because we are going to be covering that many, many of these characteristics we'll see in later episodes tied to other topics, so we'll survey them, but as you said, this is just the key characteristics. So with that said, the first one uh, is, shockingly, Someone who loves God, right? I mean, that's mind-blowing. But in all seriousness, if you're going to be an effective life group leader, you can't pour out to others what God is not pouring into you. You can't love others well if you're not connected to God vertically. Um, In other words, those horizontal relationships you have with others flow out of that relationship you have with God vertically. And so, you know, this, this deals with your personal spiritual disciplines like prayer, Bible study, just your, your own surrender and walk to the Lord. It doesn't mean you've got to be perfect at that as a life group leader. Uh, if you struggle in various times in those areas, that just makes you human. Mm-hmm. But the course of your life ought to be one that's marked by a pursuit of God, a love for God, and a desire to spend time with Him. If you don't have that as a life group leader, you're, you're only harming yourself and the group as a whole. And so that is something, certainly, that is characteristic of an effective life group leader. Number two is prayerful. Now, I realize that prayer is part of pursuing that relationship with God, but here's why we distinguish that as its own characteristic. Yes, it's true you ought to have a good prayer life if you're going to walk with God and pursue and love Him, but what we're talking about here is being intentionally prayerful for your group. It's very easy, and I'll be honest, Drew, this is one that is so easy for me to overlook. I am a doer type of person. So I feel like in order to be productive, I got to get stuff done and visibly see things happen. And when you pray, it doesn't visibly show, right? Hmm. I mean, stuff is happening, God's at work, but you're not seeing it in the moment. Sure. And so honestly, if I'm not careful, I can go throughout my day and my week and I'm not praying for my life group. And then when life group happens and people show up and it's just kind of average or mundane, which that happens from time to time anyways, but I sometimes after a period of time of thinking, God, why aren't you working? Like, mm. feels like we're saying the same things. Feels like I'm not seeing you move. And all the while, I've not asked the question, have I even asked God to do something? And so when we say an effective life group leader is prayerful, we mean they pursue their group members in prayer. They lift them up. They talk to God about their spiritual lives. God, help this person with that struggle. Help that individual in my group to walk with you. And then even just simply... Uh, praying for your group meetings. So something I've tried to do now is I'll go off to my room after we rush to get the living room and bathroom clean uh, because as long as we have that clean, nobody knows the rest of the house is dirty, you know? (laughs) And so after we do that, I'll go and say a prayer, like ask God to work in the meeting. 
And that's just a reminder to say, God, though this is something in a routine in my life, I want it to be more than just something I check the box off with. I want you to work um, in our lives. So that's the second one. Here's the third one, intentional. And in fairness, this characteristic covers a lot of things. But specifically what we're talking about is that in every aspect of your group, you're purposeful. So an intentional leader is somebody who realizes their group members are their top priority. And they do things like make sure they're constantly communicating, make sure they reach out to the group members that don't show up. Right? Like how easy it is for us as leaders just to kind of blink past the people that don't show up. But when somebody doesn't and I send out a text, hey, man, are you OK? I didn't hear from you. You didn't tell us you weren't coming. Is everything all right? That goes so long and so far in creating a, a relationship and a trust with your group that's crucial as you walk through life together. And, and intentional leaders do those kinds of things. Or even when you see somebody drifting away, like let's say they even show up to your group, but you just notice something's off with somebody, man, you follow up with them on the day after. Hmm. You're saying, hey, man, is everything okay? You seemed a little down. You seemed a little quiet or, or more quiet than normal or, or just anything like that. Or even let's say somebody shares something really personal that is where you would reach out and say, hey, thanks so much for sharing what you did. I appreciate it. If there's anything I can do to be a help or point you to someone that can get you help, I'm here for you. You know, Those little steps are the difference between your life group feeling stagnant and then feeling uh, alive and active and really uh, seeing God work and, and create vibrancy there. Uh, let me just ask you, Drew, so yeah. that you don't just have to hear me talk the whole time. <laughs> as far as being intentional, you know, this uh, we're talking about life group leaders, but think back to even in your own life with teachers. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you think out of your life and experience when you had teachers or adult influencers in your life? What was it about them that stood out to you the most? Man, a lot of times. Um presence was a huge thing just them being around and us communicating together so I love the point that you said of reaching out if you're missing a life group member or maybe you noticed that they were maybe obviously upset about something just being intentional saying hey is everything good can we talk about this Um, some of the most influential people in my life were just there for me and so as a life group leader um, (laughs) we can be there for our uh, for our people and I think that's something that will definitely help us be intentional. Yeah. So if you feel like you're just checking the box, you know, ask God to really do that work in you so that you can be that way, that intentional leader to others. Yeah. So fourthly, fourth characteristic of an effective life group leader is that they're relational. Now, there is layers of this intentional and relational that overlap, but what we mean by this specifically, and we actually talked about this in another episode, is that the primary thing about your life group is that you're building biblical community. Hmm. So in other words, it's not just the Bible study or just the prayer time or just the outreach project. It's all those things together as well as the communion you have with the people in your group. A relational leader understands life groups may start in the weekly meeting, but it doesn't end there, right? It's so important. So a really good example of this, practically speaking, whenever Courtney and I have a new couple or in people in our life group, we always try, especially if we haven't done it prior to, to like take them out uh, to dinner or have them over the house just by themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, that way they get to know us. They're more comfortable with me as the leader. And then more importantly, we just get to know them more. It, it creates the opportunity for them to feel uh, more connected and they open up quicker in the group and they just feel more welcome. Like if you as the leader, if I as the leader, and every time somebody new comes in, we're reaching out to them trying to grab lunch or just trying to get to know them outside the group, you know, those types of meetings 
really make the difference between a group that really thrives and a group that never quite goes as deep as it could with each other because those relational pieces are so crucial. So I have a question about that. Yeah. So whenever you invite uh, maybe a new uh, member or a new couple into your home, um, how have you seen that really, how have you seen that change y'all's relationship from, hey, I'm like the life group leader to now we're like friends almost. Has that, is it affected it a lot or what's your experience with that? Yeah, for me personally, this is gonna be different than anyone listening. You know, I'm a pastor. Mm. So people already have this assumption like, oh, you're just always thinking about God. Like I'm pretty sure I had a joke. Uh, somebody joked with me, a college student one time. I was talking about working out. They said, "I bet you like do push-ups over the Bible or something." Like you're reading the Bible as you work out. And so like, no, like I'm a human being, you know, like who happens to be called to this. So for me, what's been really cool is it breaks those barriers down, so that when they see me, they just see me as Aaron, the guy whose house I go to, and his wife. They can hang out. He can act like an idiot, which if you know me, I can with the best of them. (laughs) And just have fun, you know, and shoot the breeze, so to speak, with them. Um, So even though I'm a pastor, that's a bigger barrier. So even you as a leader, they may have that perception of you as, oh, this person's spiritually elite because they're leading a life group. When you're just a normal person God's chosen to use. Hmm. And so it breaks that barrier down and lets them see you not on a pedestal, but as equal with them as just a follower of Christ trying to make it in this world. Love it. And so that's a huge piece. Good question on that end. So the fifth characteristic. So, so far we've got loves God, prayerful, intentional, relational. The fifth characteristic flows out of this relational and intentional piece, and that's being vulnerable. Hmm. So let me say this. There's a difference between transparent and vulnerable. Transparency is somebody that's just honest about things, but you still control what you're honest about. Vulnerable is when you share something that somebody else can actually wound you with or something that is so personal that if somebody took that the wrong way, they could actually harm you. Like, for example, transparent is saying, I struggle with sin. Being vulnerable is I struggle with pornography, right? Like, if you say that type of thing, and I'm not saying I do, right? I'm saying that's an example of being the difference between transparent and vulnerable, Mm. Right. And so, you know, as you share in your group and and let me just say with this, there's boundaries to that. You know, there are things you don't have to share or even should share in a life group setting. Um, Certainly not, you know, related to something your spouse did. You know, you don't want to be like, yeah, so I'm really angry at my wife because (laughs) probably not the best idea. Um, But but things of you can share. Hey, we fight. You know, we're not perfect. We have issues, you know, that kind of thing. Um, So use wisdom in that. But if you're frustrated at the lack of transparency and vulnerability in your group, it's most often reflective of how you as the leader are setting the tone. Mm-hmm. We have a saying here, vulnerability breeds vulnerability. Don't complain that your group doesn't share if you're not really sharing anything personal first. Mm. If you as the leader are guarded, expect your group to be guarded. So an effective leader is somebody that knows how to be vulnerable so that they can then see others be vulnerable as well. So sixth, the next uh, characteristic is somebody, uh, an effective life group leader is a facilitator and not a teacher. So this goes without saying because we we kind of structure it to be this way, but we still default back to being teacher mode. I am a preacher teacher by heart. <laughs> I love to talk. If you can't tell by this podcast alone, right? <laughs> like, that is in my DNA. So I have to purposely and consciously step back and become a facilitator where my main goal is to like facilitate good conversation as opposed to just teaching content. And the life group is built that way, but it still can be easy when the silence comes, 
when there's the awkward pause mm-hmm. or when you're really pumped about a point to just spout out for five minutes. But that kills conversation. It kills opportunities for people to share. And you've got to really see that that doesn't help people grow the way facilitation does. Mm. I heard it said good facilitation is the difference between teaching somebody how to fix a car and showing them how to fix the car. If I tell you what to do, you may remember some of it, but if I show you and guide you and make you do it, now all of a sudden you're participating. Yeah. If I teach you what Rusty said on Sunday, you're just hearing the sermon again. But if I facilitate talking about how does that apply to you, now you're part of it and God's Word is doing the work in you. Mm. And so that's our job. And by the way, we have a whole podcast specifically on how to be a good facilitator, as that was something that came up in the surveys that was something people were asking. So, But just know that's an effective leader characteristic. The last one, I told you we could get this done in 15 minutes. Uh, the last one is <laughs> they hand off leadership. So an effective leader is somebody who doesn't hog the leadership. They actually empower others to be involved. Hmm. This can be simple tasks from, hey, talking to somebody and saying, hey, why don't you send out the email? Why don't you find the outreach project? Why don't you, you know, if you eat together, you you set up the food or, or whatever. You know, doing little things all the way up to looking at somebody and saying, hey, you, you have potential to lead a life group. Why don't you lead this discussion when meeting? And, and then you hand off that leadership. I've said it like this. We, you know, we talk a lot about multiplication, and we have an entire podcast devoted to this as well mm-hmm. to give you more detail. But it's a struggle, right? But here's one thing I, I want to reiterate. You, if you never give somebody else in your group the chance to lead, you can't wonder why you're not multiplying. They won't multiply until given the opportunity to try and fail in your group first before they're solely responsible for their own. And so as an effective leader, it's key that you hand off leadership and think in those terms. You're not just there to be the leader. You're there to empower other people to become leaders. If Jesus hadn't done that, we wouldn't be here today because when he resurrected, the disciples would have been like, well, it's over. But instead, he had empowered them, handed off leadership, and the movement that we now know as the church started. So with all that said, recapping, we've got an effective life group leader, somebody who loves God, is prayerful, intentional, relational, vulnerable, facilitator, not a teacher, and hands-off leadership. These are the seven characteristics. All of us have weak points, and I'd encourage you to think through and pray through, God, where can I get better and to be an effective life group leader. Man, that's awesome. Um, Thank you so much for all seven of those characteristics. As Aaron said, number six and seven, facilitator, not a teacher, and hands-off leadership. Um, I had about a thousand questions about both of those, so uh, (laughs) make sure you guys tune in um, so that we can talk deeper about those in future episodes. We're so thankful that you guys have tuned in to this episode of the Life Group Leaders Podcast. Until next time.